0: This is the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, July 13th.
1: Hi, CJ. Didn't know if you were going to join us for a second there. Well, I've got a few moments here anyway, and there's not a lot in the world to talk about anyway. No. Right? We've got a couple of days off from Major League Baseball. Um, We could talk about my... uh, sand volleyball experience last night. Ooh. That's not really that important in the grand scheme of things, although I had an awesome time. I got asked to sub on a team, and I basically don't play sand volleyball anymore. Yeah. Because I can't even move inside on a hard surface. What chance do I have in sand? (laughs) At least you have a softer landing. Much softer landing. I was really fun, and my calves are on fire (laughs) this morning. The important thing in the world of sports is that yesterday on Netflix, Uh uh-huh, quarterback was released quarterback the docu-series featuring our beloved kurt cousins did you watch any of it i did i watched the first episode of it
0: and this was like the very first clip of it i saw and i was like all right this is going to be a trip here's like the very beginning of the documentary
1: why does the nfl have so many rules against hitting quarterbacks First, there's the fact that when a quarterback is throwing a pass, he's in no position to protect himself. An injury to the quarterback can sink a team's entire season. Did you know the season-ending knee injury that Tom Brady suffered in the first game of the 2008 season led to a ban on hitting quarterbacks below the knee? And Dad is forever grateful. I, CJ, to just explain that situation Yeah. and what's happening in that clip, Uh-huh. He is reading his son a bedtime story out of Sports Illustrated where people submit questions about the NFL that they don't quite understand. Uh The opening scene is our beloved and very dorky Kirk Cousins reading his son Sports Illustrated as a bedtime story. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all staged,
0: I'm sure, in that it's hilarious. It's a it's a really in, it's a really cool way to open it up and just to kind of preview what they're talking about and and all that and of course he just adds that last line and dad is forever grateful and it just immediately goes to a clip of him just getting blown up and as he's he got trying to blown up a lot. He got blown up a lot. I think the one thing that we never quite appreciate about Kirk Cousins or maybe we do, but maybe I don't necessarily is his toughness. That dude has taken a lot of hits, and he has missed zero games of his own physical injury control. There was the COVID game, but outside of that, like in terms of him being physically injured, he's
1: never missed a game as a Viking. So I watched two episodes last night. There's eight in this opening series. How many did you get to watch?
0: I just watched the first one.
1: Okay, so So this is fine. Let's just kind of, just really quickly, I guess, um, thoughts on... Kirk Cousins, right out of the gate. Okay. Thoughts on the show so far, one episode in. What do you think? I thought the show was pretty good. I mean, I just
0: more or less like to get that kind of peel back the onion, look behind the vault, whatever, whatever saying you want to use. It's just really cool to get this kind of access that you wouldn't normally get otherwise. And you kind of get to see them as real people. Like, you talk to their wives. You get into kind of, like, their situations at home. Like just what they're doing, who they are—that's uh, kind of cool. Uh, you get to see a little bit more, like on-field uh, quotes and sound bites, and you kind of get to see a little bit of who they are. I thought that's a really cool aspect because basically we get to see the highlights and we get to see press conferences, but getting to see this kind of more uh, more access is better. And I think that's been the highlight so far of the show. In terms of Kirk Cousins, I think it's pretty much. I don't think I've been revealed any new information so far. I think we pretty much know who Kirk Cousins is. He's a guy who's a very good quarterback. He's also a huge dork, and I mean that in an endearing way.
1: Yeah, that was uh, maybe the, the most notable, noticeable thing about Kirk for me. Um, no one's ever said a bad word about Kirk Cousins ever. Like as a person. About Kirk Cousins. yeah. You might have your complaints about his playing ability from time to time, but no one's ever, he comes across as exceedingly likable. Mm-hmm. Exceedingly, like he is instantly, the, the The episodes feature Patrick Mahomes and also Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody would want to be Patrick Mahomes' friend. Right. I don't know that we all would be. I 100% would be friends with Kirk Cousins. 100%. There's not a single thing about his life that I don't totally relate to. He loves his family. He loves to sing. He was in show choir. He just, whatever he's in, he wants it to be excellent. And I really, he's extremely. He drives a likeable. conversion van? Oh, not yet. Not yet. That's our only difference so far. Uh, I really like him. I also liked about the uh, the episode, it features Patrick Mahomes, uh-huh. who's at literally the top of the world as far mm-hmm. as quarterbacking in the NFL goes. It features Kirk Cousins, who is historically, if you were to put all the quarterbacks in line, from the greatest quarterback of all time to the worst quarterback of all time. Kirk Cousins is probably smack dab right in the middle of it. Uh-huh. And then it features Marcus Mariota, who's like this, journeyman who just has never been able to find his footing and at least in the early like he struggled so it's really fascinating to see the three different tiers of quarterback also it's really fun I'm two episodes in I'm hooked I'm definitely I'm probably gonna watch the rest of them tonight
0: (laughs) just gonna (laughs) pound through six
1: hours of television I might to get through it. All right, I got to run. You go ahead and do whatever you got to do.
0: I think what the really interesting thing, uh, as Corey takes off here, is uh, about this quarterback series is that you really, and again, I, I said this just a few moments ago, but you get to peel back that curtain and you get to see these guys as actual people, not just guys running around on the football field, although there is a lot of that, and you kind of get reminded of moments Throughout the season, you know, there. I I remember I was uh, sitting next to my wife watching part of it, and uh, they brought up the game at Philadelphia on Monday night, and I was like, I remember they just got shellacked in that game, and then all of a sudden it just, you know, you you relive some moments maybe you don't want to relive. We're not quite to the to the run yet. It basically goes through from the week one of the twenty twenty two to twenty three season, and it'll kind of just take you down the line throughout the year, and. That's the interesting part is I kind of want to see what happens when the Vikings get into that kind of 8-1 and mode and they get to 13-3 and the playoff loss. I want to see kind of everything throughout there. And I'm really excited to see where this series goes in that direction and what we get to see. Because training camp isn't too far away and it could potentially be Kirk Cousins' last training camp as a Minnesota Viking. He's not under contract for next season, and it's a really unique opportunity to get a look at this guy. And I think, like, again, we're not getting revealed necessarily any new narratives about Kirk. I think we pretty much know who he is. But you get to kind of just see him more as a person. You get to see things that kind of reaffirm that belief and not just thinking that it's uh kind of for show or or anything like that. Uh, one other thing from the first episode that stuck out to me about Kirk Cousins itself uh, was... More so after the loss to Philadelphia, Kirk had three interceptions in the game, and it just overall wasn't a good game. There were a couple things, actually. The first one was that interception in the end zone in week two in Philadelphia. I know most people probably don't remember that, but a lot of the time, of course, everybody was ripping on Kirk Cousins, and honestly, I probably was too, and Jefferson wasn't even in the stratosphere. He was in one corner of the end zone and Cousins threw it to the middle of the end zone where the Eagles defender was and everybody goes what was Kirk thinking? Why was he throwing it? Nobody was even there. And Justin Jefferson and him come to each other and Jeff and Kirk's like, "Hey, what did you see? Like why did you?" Cuz it's a it's a option route meaning that Jefferson can go one of two ways depending on where the defender is and Kirk thought he was going one way Jefferson went another and those two just kind of talk there's no yelling at each other there's no hey you messed up no you messed up it was just like a hey like what was it i saw this okay i saw that yeah and Jefferson says my bad and i think that's always something in sports that I think we're doing a better job of now just because we have more information. And I think fans are smarter, like, because the more information is accessible to them about sports. And you realize that not every interception is straight up on the quarterback because sometimes it depends on the receiver didn't run the right route, or maybe he did, but he just didn't, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. So I thought that was interesting. And the other thing was after that game, Uh, where he threw three interceptions in week two at Philadelphia on Monday Night Football, was that they talked to a sports psychologist. And I'm not sure if they did that a lot this year because O'Connell came in and kind of tried to reset culture. I don't know if that's something they've always done. I don't know that answer, but it was really interesting and really unique to get to see Kirk Cousins talking with a sports psychologist, and there was a shot of B-roll that they played over half of his line talking to the sports psychologist about, you know... Dealing with the fact that you have to be perfect sometimes in the NFL and your mistakes are magnified. And how do you balance, you know, trying to learn from your mistakes while also not letting them kind of define you or let them eat at you. And basically the shot of B-roll is just mental health and the things that they offer. And mental health, I know, is very broad. And I kind of want to know more of what teams mean when they talk about mental health of athletes. Because we saw this with the Twins. Jorge Lopez leaving for a couple weeks to be on the mental I.L. Uh, and uh, just kind of talk about that. It's very I kind of want to know just as a more information-based thing, but I think it's really interesting, and I think getting to see more of who Kirk Cousins is behind the scenes is really going to be cool, and I'm really looking forward. Like Corey said, I might just sit down and watch the entire thing because the Twins aren't on tonight, so might as well watch them. But again, training camp is not too far away for these Minnesota Vikings, and it could potentially be Kirk's last season in Minnesota and there's really a chance for him to play well. And if he plays really well, there's a chance the Vikings extend him again. If he kind of plays a so-so average Kirk Cousins season, maybe they don't bring him back. So there's a lot to at stake this season. And I think getting to kind of know what's inside Kirk Cousins' head will help us kind of know what he's thinking about uh, throughout the season. Because he'll know it every single day that he comes in. If he has a good game, bad game, it kind of moves the needle in the direction of how much money he gets next season, whether it's from the Vikings or from another team. So, uh, the Vikings have some expectations this year. They're a 13 win team. I know the lions are on the up and up, but they're nothing proven. And Detroit, uh, excuse me, Chicago, they're nothing proven either. And Green Bay, even though there's a solid team built there, we still don't know what the quarterback position is and how much was Aaron Rodgers holding that franchise up. There's just questions that we need to get proven in actual games that we're not quite seeing yet. So it'll be really interesting to kind of see how this season develops with the Minnesota Vikings, but we'll talk more about them as training camp gets closer. But quarterback, it's a docu-series, it's on Netflix, go watch it. Uh, there's eight episodes. I think they're probably about 52 minutes to an hour long each. And we're going to break down each episode, I think, on the morning sports desk. I think we're going to try and go episode by episode and just talk about these things because, you know, what are we going to do? Talk about talk about the twins all day? I got to start winning some more games for us to to kind of focus on that. But Uh, we want to talk about this quarterback series. And if you want to watch it and hear what we have to say and and kind of follow along with us, go watch Quarterback on Netflix. Worth the watch if you have it. So a couple more housekeeping things for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, They are getting ready to start the second half of their season. It has not been announced yet who the starting pitcher is going to be right out of the All-Star break. It's probably not going to be Sonny Gray and or Pablo Lopez because they pitched in the All-Star game. And even though they both only threw an inning, they still threw anywhere from 15 to 25 pitches, and you probably just want to give them a couple more days before you make them go out and throw 90 to 100 pitches again. So, yeah, and it probably won't be Joe Ryan, because Joe Ryan pitched on uh, Sunday. So do you start right out of the gate with Kenta Maeda, although you kind of want to, you know, maybe keep Kenta, uh, give him as many... Uh, innings and many days of break as possible. So is Bailey Bailey Ober could very well be the guy that they roll with out of the All-Star break and could be like Ober, Maeda, Ryan and then you have Lopez Gray when you get to the Seattle series which again could be interesting. I think the Twins lucked out considering that the team that they play very first out of the All-Star break is the Oakland Athletics, who, besides the Kansas City Royals, are the worst team in baseball. So in typical Twins fashion is either going to be a sweep or they will lose two out of three. There is no in the middle in this situation. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, July 13th.